And we're happy to have Vince Coleman here on the show, former Rookie of the Year, of course, great with the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, New York Mets. And uh, Vince, thanks so much for being part of the show today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Great to be seen here in lovely California, San Diego. All right. Before we get into baseball here, I know that you're a very big football fan as well. And big fantasy week for me. I got to make some really big decisions. <laughs> I may have to lean on you for, well, you for these. A lot of people don't realize that how I was submitted to go to college was on a football scholarship. You know, out of high school, I walked on, didn't really have a college to go to, but my mom told me I wasn't going to be a product of my environment. So you're going to school, boy. So while I was there, I said, okay, I'll walk on the football team. And I tried out for the football team. and I became All-American punter place kicker. I had a cousin in the pros, Greg Coleman, that punted for the Vikings Mm -hmm. for like 10 years. And uh, I was following his footsteps. And that was my inspiration is to be a punter and place kicker. Uh, I was brought into camp in 1982 by the Washington Redskins. Bobby Bethett was the GM, but when I made a mistake, when I got there, I ran back-to-back 429 40-yard dashes, mm-hmm. and he was going to make me a wide receiver. And I said, well, you got to let me punt a little bit there. But in 1982, they had a kid named Jeff Hayes that went on to win the Super Bowl that year, and he was a punter. He averaged 36 yards, and I always say that if I had was given an opportunity to punt because I carried a 43-yard average, um, in the in college, but never got that chance to really play in the pros. But that was my my, my ambition was just to be a punter in the NFL. So I'm, I'm a big football fan, and so I watch football every day religiously on the weekend. So you know, you having that fantasy camp, that fantasy <laughs> league there, you know. So I would love to be a part of it one day. So keep me posted. No, I will. I'll get you. Uh, I'll get you in the league for sure. One of our leagues next year, no doubt about that. Um, you know, when fa- fantasy baseball is very popular as well, and I got to. <laughs> say historically speaking I mean there was Ricky Henderson and then there was you in terms of stealing bases and and honestly you took that thing to the only because Ricky was in the league before me it was Ricky then me you know yeah. then I kind of caught up with him yeah but, but come on <laughs> but you you took you took stealing to the next level and so this is what everybody wants to know in the reality of baseball and why you're not uh, coaching this I, I don't even I don't know and I don't get it no one wants to steal anymore no one's interested in it year-to-year basis it doesn't happen um, don't look at me like that. It's going away. No one, no one, forget about stealing 100 bases. That's, that's long gone. That's long gone. But we can't even find guys to steal us on a consistent basis 40. Like there's one guy or two guys, and the days of that are just gone. What, what's going on? It's the want to factor. It's how many guys want to do it. You know, I, I say this. Knowledge builds confidence. Confidence makes you play fast, and when you play fast, you kick ass. So those are some of the things that I learned early in my college days, and especially when I got into the pros, was that Don Blaston game taught me the nuances on how to dissect, analyze pitchers, capitalize off their mistakes. So going into that ball game, I knew when Jim Deshays, Bruce Hurst, Zane Smith, Frank Viola, Fernando Venezuela, I knew when they came set, and I'm talking about left-handers, when they was going home versus going to play. So imagine if you was a hitter, and you knew a fastball was coming versus off-speed pitch. You know how confident you was. You know, so I tell all these young kids that all the confidence you have coming out of high school when you was in Little League, now the same confidence, I need that same confidence once I get on base. You know, so, but the thing is, is that guys come out of these club balls and travel teams, 
base running is not emphasized. Base stealing is not emphasized. There's more emphasis put on the launch angle and exit velocity, how you play defense and hit home runs. But, you know, I'm the how-to coach. You know, if you come to me and want to know how to steal bases, I can teach you how to separate and gain distance on the first step. I can teach you how to read pitches and analyze off their mistakes. I can teach you how to get that big, aggressive, secondary, primary lead to force that pitcher to have that same body language every time because when there's a guy that's a base stealer that's a threat, it takes so much pressure. It puts so much pressure on that pitcher because now he squeezes the ball. He throws, don't throw the the good sinkers and, 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 and sliders, you know, that, that are necessary to be consistent enough. But you have to have that body language and consistency for that guy that want to get out there and compete. It's about competing day in and day out. And all the guys you think back, do it. that was great base stealers. You look at R- R- Ricky Henderson, uh, Tim Raines, uh, 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 Lou Brock, uh, uh, Jackie Robinson, uh, myself, Willie McGee. McGee, we was all football players. So you had those instincts. You didn't want to get hit on the football field. Or you was a, uh, uh, a Tony Gwynn, you know, he was a great basketball player. So he had the instincts and he was focused. You know, he was daring. He was adventurous. He was anticipation. You know, so those are the things that you need to have that consistency as a great base stealer. Now, why not bring you in to a Major League Baseball team as a coach or a manager right now, and you work with four or five guys in the big leagues, and those teams that aren't willing to go out there and spend the money on exit velo and spend the money on launch angle and roll out three or four guys that can just run like the wind, like Kansas City promised us last year, but I don't know. I I mean, they ran a couple of guys there, Mondesi and Merrifield. But why not? Why not bring in Vince Coleman to make that happen? And in our fantasy world, we know right away they bring you in. We know where we're getting our steals. Well, well I'm available. I'm definitely available. I mean, you know, but you got to have that guy that that uh, that multiple talented kid that wants to go out every day, day in and day out. You know, you don't have to be fast to be a great base runner. You got to be smart, alert, focused and concentration and anticipation, as I said earlier. Guys that go from first to third, go win balls in the dirt, score from second on base hit, win more championships. A guy that steals bases put that extra dimension into the offense that a lot of teams doesn't possess right now because you don't have that gritty, that hungry, that guy wanting to take it to the next level to take those risk and chances. I think this day and age, the, the, the teams are being made up with it. They don't really way too much on the base stealing standpoint to say that that's going to manufacture runs. It's more of a uh, of the war. The, right. the wins above replacements. When you make outs on bases, it's a discredited to your offense now. We don't want to take that risk. So you need to have an organization that is willing to take that risk knowing that it's going to up surpass the outcome of saying that it's a lot of reward at the end of the day of the rainbow. We, I was just blessed and fortunate to be in an era and blessed with the St. Louis Cardinals and being blessed with Whitey Herzog that built this team around speed. And I think that was my God always had a plan, always had his hands in my plans and always and put me in the right place at the right time. And if it hadn't been for Whitey Herzog having patience with me, being as a young kid, egotistical kid, uh, being this mischievous kid, you know, that willing to go out there and set the tone in the table. And I think I was an inspiration to a lot of my teammates because they saw no fear in me. And Willie McGee was a guy that kind of saw me day in and day out knowing that I could push the envelope with him then you had Ozzy and you had Tommy Hurd you had Terry Pendleton you know the list go on and on so it was no accident that we went out in 
1985 and stole 350 bases and because we had a, a, a chemistry, you know, that we had a, a game plan. Uh, we came in every day. We dissected the picture. We knew what teams we could run on versus we couldn't run on because if a guy started slide-stepping, all, we always had the body language as though we was going to run, but yet and still, if we knew that we was going to be, we can defuse the slide-step because now the catcher's back there putting the one down and now Willie McGee hit 350. Uh, Ozzy became a 300 hitter because he's getting a lot more fastballs. And so Tommy Hur hit uh, uh, 300 with 118 RBIs with eight home runs. You know, so Jack Clark was our only power hitter. He didn't, he didn't need no help. You know, he could hit anything out of the ballpark to right to left field. So we just had a whole chemistry of how we manufactured runs. But the biggest thing, you had that catalyst at the top of the lineup by setting the tone by that base stealing threat. We're here with Vince Coleman, one of the best base dealers in Major League Baseball history, Rookie of the Year. Uh, how do you see the game now, Vince, when you look around? And I know that you're here at the winter meetings, and the game is certainly changing a lot. The money is, is getting a lot bigger, <laughs> you know, certainly for some of these players, Man. too. And, boy, you, you, what would they have paid you now? <laughs> I, was, I was born too soon. You know? uh, to see Strasburg go out and sign a, a $240 million contract, wow, if I'd have had one year when they was – stole 100 bases and I did it three years in a row, man, wow, I could have demanded the market. Um, it's just a different era doing day and time. I mean, you know, um, uh, the game is more uh, based on, you know, pitching and defense and, and, and power hitting, you know, so um, it's not based around speed this day and age. So to me, the game is pretty boring. It's not as exciting. It's not as electric. You know, how many guys that I would pay to go see a game? You know, I see Mike Trout. You know, Mike Trout is a complete ball player. You know, um, I, the best player I see seen that my own eyes was Barry Bonds. I mean, you know, he could completely do everything, you know, hit home runs, steal bases. So those are the type of excitements that I like to see that when I come to a ball game, do we see that on a consistent basis that every team, because back in the day, every team had a catalyst at their lineup. You know, you had Otis Nixon, you had Kenny Lofton, you had Vince Coleman, you had Tim Range, you had Ricky Henderson, you know, so you had someone at that team that was exciting, that going to jumpstart. You knew that they, if they got on base, they was going to attempt to steal a base. And that's what makes it much more fun, appealing to the fans. I wonder if they, that can change. I wonder if the game could get back to that with a couple of guys who could do it. Uh, the game today, I don't know if you, if you watch them, but like Trey Turner on the Washington Nationals is someone that potentially could steal a lot of bases. Mondesi in Kansas City is another one. Uh, do you think that this trend just kind of continues, Vince, where where the analytics uh, are heavily involved? Which, hey, look, for the right reasons, Houston, the Cubs, and the, very anal- the Dodgers, analytical-based teams have won a lot. Uh, do you see anything changing anytime soon, or are we just safe saying 100 steals for Vince Coleman? We ain't going to see that ever again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love when someone is challenging and breaking my record, then my name is in the paper. You know, I, I, I love that. But someone asked the question, how come there's a, a lack of minorities in the game of baseball right now? And then I say, well, if you go back to all the major cities of Chicago and St. Louis or Jacksonville, Florida, where I grew up at, or, or you go over to St. Louis and you go into um, the Boys and Girls Club or the YMCA's and you see is baseball is not even an option there. They're not even being offered there. And you go to the parks where we all grew up at, it's not even baseball oriented, but they are from football, they are from basketball right now. So they're looking at it at that young age is that, you know, this is instant success. You know, you straight go straight to the pros. They don't have time to say, okay, go into the Marley. Now, Major League Baseball has come in and, and brought these youth academies and, and they're being all inserted into Kansas City and Memphis and LA and Houston, which are good, but they, they're controlled by the club teams and the 
club teams are being these travel balls. And, you know, for the minorities, they can't really afford to go and pay five to ten thousand dollars a year to travel around. So it's not fortunate. But for the minorities, you know, that's where the I wouldn't say the better athletes, but the more skill set guys that when you see that uh, Ricky Henderson, uh, Tim Raines, uh, Willie Wilson, uh, uh, Otis Nixon and, and, you know, those guys of that era going straight to the football field of playing wide receiver. I would love to see a lot of uh, uh, skill set at guys that go to college and play multiple sports and then let, let that make the, the choice because we all played baseball as kids. You know, since you was nine, ten years old, these guys don't get that opportunity to play at that level. So now you see the majority of them going straight into football and well, it's basketball and being omitted to play baseball at their young age. So it's a burning desire that we had ever since we was, you know, ten years old that kind of like and, and that's why I choose Florida A&M to go play there because they was a school that allowed me to play both sports in college you know so I continued that had that fire that desire when I left college that I just need to play more consistently and I didn't get drafted into the 10th round which I was kind of upset because they say my skill that playing against my competition was against guys from Stanford or USC or Notre Dame but I played with a chip on my shoulder. I was destined to prove you wrong that I'm just as good as those guys, and I'm approving wrong. Well, you did it, and the, and the band does it every year. And, yeah, uh, I, right. I'm a, I went to University of Florida, so I'm. Very, oh, I'm, okay. I'm very, I live in I live in Hollywood. Oh, I see you okay. in Jupiter when you go to uh, when you go to the Roger Dean. Um, okay, so let's end with this. Uh, make that fantasy football decision for me this week. Okay, Tom Brady against the Bengals, or um, I got to go with Winston. Against the Lions this week. Well, make that Vince Coleman's making a fantasy decision with me. Well, Tom Brady, you can never go against Tom Brady. I mean, Tom Brady's history speaks for itself. Uh, but for the last two or three weeks, I've been watching them. They offense is not clicking you know he don't have that separated that guy on that wide receiver spot that it can separate and gain distance that he can go deep you know a long ball only guy he has right now is element where he can get open you know from time to time give him five and ten yards but he need Gronk Gronkowski out there man he need Gronk need to come back so if I got to pick right now you know Winston has has a lot tons of of, 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 of interceptions but he go 400 yards every week so if you're a fantasy league guy I gotta go with the guy that's, that's gonna go give me 400 yards right now so I gotta go with Jamin Winston right. and he's a Florida boy you know it's Florida, Florida State the Florida State but I'm a Gator I don't like that <laughs> alright there it is Vince Coleman with us and we'll be right back